We're in a series called Roommates, Bad Dates, and Great Mates. Today I want to talk to you about things to consider before you say I quit. And my goal today is I want to talk to married couples today, and I I realize some of you that are here today are struggling in your marriage, and you're contemplating a divorce. You're thinking about throwing in the towel. And my goal today is as we look at God's Word that this message would be a catalyst uh, to spark change in your marriage, that today you would find hope and that you would hold on and you would trust God and that God would do a work in, in your marriage today. I also want to talk to our college students, our 20-something, those who are single in this place today, because many of you will get married one day. And I want to help you today. I want you to enter marriage with a, a lifelong commitment in mind. And so I just trust this message will be an encouragement and help set up your future and your future marriage. And I also want to say something today. I, I realize some of you have been divorced before. And I just want you to know this. Uh, there is no guilt. Uh, there is no condemnation in Christ. Uh, I thank the Lord for his forgiveness. How many of you thank God that he's a God of a second chance? Amen. We praise the Lord for that. And so you don't need to feel any guilt today, any condemnation. Uh, we thank God for his goodness and his forgiveness. And yet I do want to address a very sensitive subject and help uh, families and equip families in a wonderful way today. Things to consider before you say, I quit. You can follow along with me in your bulletin today. Point number one, uh, as you take some notes, number one is this. Have you consulted God's Word about divorce? Have you consulted God's Word about divorce? You see, when many people are considering getting a divorce, they, they consult everybody else. And oftentimes the last person that we consult is the Lord. Oftentimes the last thing that we look to is God's Word. Most of the time when people are contemplating and considering a divorce, the, the first person or the first people they, they, they consult are their friends and family. And how many know that friends and family can give you some bad advice? <laughs> And how many know friends and family can give you advice that is unscriptural and they, that they could give you advice that, that is not God-honoring? Matter of fact, please hear me today, church. You have to be very careful who you allow to speak into your life. You have to be very careful of who you allow to give you advice and to give you wisdom and give you direction. You want to get wise and godly counsel. You know, oftentimes people also consult their feelings. You know, you hear people say this all the time, well, well, I'm going to get a divorce because, because God wants me happy. And God, God just wants me happy. And I'm miserable now. I mean, I'm not happy with my spouse. I'm not happy in my marriage. And, and I know the Lord's will is that I would be happy and I'm not happy. And so I'm going to get a divorce. And they consult their feelings. And friends, please hear me today. God is more interested in your holiness than he is your happiness. If I told you that Tiffany yesterday was on my last nerves and she was aggravating the fire out of me. Now, she wasn't. Hey, man, she's here today. I, she wasn't on my last nerve. Love my, love my wife. But if I told you that Tiffany, she just wouldn't make me happy yesterday. I just wasn't happy. She was on my nerves. And I know the Lord wants me happy. So I decided I was going to go out and I'm going to have an affair. Now, how many know that's ludicrous? I mean, God wants me happy. 
God wants me happy. I mean, that's his ultimate thing for my life is that I would be happy. And so I decided I'm not going to buy my kids groceries. They're not going to buy them any clothes to wear. Uh, they're they're going to have to just figure out how they're going to eat because God wants me happy. And I decided I was going to buy a lot of stuff for me, and I was going to spend more than I earned. I, know, I don't know how my kids are going to eat, but God wants me to be happy. How many know that's ludicrous? Some of you got some people at work that you don't like. They get on your last nerves. They're coming in your mind right now. You know who they are. You, you, they, they frustrate you. They, they aggravate you. And, and, and if you think, well, God's will is that I will be happy, and I'm not happy. They step on me. They degrade me. They talk about me. I don't like this coworker, so I'm going to take them out. Bang, bang. Because God wants me happy. No, 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 no. God is more interested in your holiness than he is your happiness. There are two biblical reasons for divorce. Two biblical reasons. Let, let me share them with you today. The first one is found over in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse number 10 through 17. The scripture says, to the married, I give this command. A wife must not, must not separate from her husband. But if she does, and, and there are times that there needs to be a separation in a marriage. One of those times is, is abuse. A, a woman, a man should not be in an abusive relationship. There needs to be separation. You should not stay in a, in a situation that, is, that, that you're, you're in danger. Your health is in danger. You should be separated. It goes on to say she must remain unmarried or else be reconciled to her husband. And a husband must not divorce his wife. To the rest, I say this, if any brother has a wife who is not a believer, and then I notice this, if you are a Christ follower, a Christian, and your wife is not, so Herbert, what do I do? My wife's not a Christian. My wife is not a believer. How do I handle this? What, what do I do? What does the Bible have to say about this? Well, the scripture says this, it goes on to say in verse 12, and if she is willing to live with him, he must not divorce her. Verse 13, and if a woman has a husband who is not a believer, so you're a Christian woman and your husband's not a follower of Christ, your husband does not love the Lord. You say, Herbert, what do I do in this situation? Verse number 13 says, and if he is willing to live with her, she must not divorce him for the unbelieving husband has been sanctified through his wife and the unbelieving wife has been sanctified through her believing husband otherwise notice this otherwise your children would be unclean but as it is they are holy in other words now your children have a great opportunity to live their life for the lord to live a life of holiness that pleases pleases the lord because there is at least one believer in that relationship that is pointing the way to following christ and living their life for jesus Christ. And, and it goes on to say in verse number 15, but if the unbeliever leaves, let him do so. A believing man or woman is not bound in such circumstances. Here it is. Here's the first biblical reason for divorce, and that's abandonment by an, a non-believing and unbelieving spouse. So if you're a believer and you're married to an unbeliever and your unbelieving spouse leaves you, abandons you, wants no part of you, just doesn't want to have a relationship with you at all, well, the Scripture says that if you are a believer, you're not bound by such circumstances. The, the unbelieving spouse has abandoned you. It goes on to say God has called us to live in peace. Now, verse 16, notice this. How do we know, wife, whether you will save your husband? Or how, or how do you know, husband, whether you will save your wife? In other words, if you are married to an unbeliever, hey, hang tight. 
Keep believing God. Don't leave them because how do you know when God's going to work in their heart and you see them come and give their life to Jesus Christ? And so the Bible says, hey, stand tough. Keep praying. Keep believing. Keep hoping and, and, and trusting God that your spouse will give their heart to Jesus Christ. Can I tell you, there's power in prayer. There really is power in prayer. Now listen, every Sunday after church, don't go home and leave, and leave Bible verses all over the refrigerator everywhere, you know. Don't, don't, that might be a little too aggressive, all right. You know, don't, don't go buy the CDs after I preach every week and go home and, and on Sunday night, uh, but, but before, before you go to bed, you go to their car and, and put the CD in their, in their CD player so when they get them go to work in the morning, get right with God, they hear me preaching. That, that probably not going to work. But, but love them and honor them and cherish them and pray for them and believe God to do a work in their life. A, a second biblical reason for divorce is found in Matthew chapter 5, verse 31 and 32. It has been said, anyone who divorces his wife must give her a certificate of divorce. That was what was happening in the Old Testament under, under Moses' leadership. The people, their hearts were getting hard, and so they, they, they were giving them a certificate of divorce. And Jesus says in verse 32, but I tell you that anyone who divorces his wife except for marital unfaithfulness, in other words, adultery, causes her to become an adulteress. And anyone who marries the divorced woman commits adultery. And the Scripture says, listen, you have a biblical reason, you have biblical grounds for divorce if your spouse has an affair on you, they, they cheat on you, you have biblical grounds to, to get a, a divorce. But, but please hear me, I've seen this happen and time and time again, that a spouse has, a, has an affair on, 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 on their spouse, on their partner, and God can still restore that marriage. Just because you have grounds for a divorce doesn't mean that you should get a divorce because God is a restorer. God can heal your marriage. He can. And here's the deal. You've been consulting everybody else, and I'm just asking you, before you say, I quit, have you consulted God's Word? Number two, Things to consider before you say I quit. The second thing is this. How will divorce affect my kids? How will divorce affect my kids? You see, one of the reasons that God dislikes divorce is because of how it affects the kids. The Scripture says this in Malachi chapter number 2, beginning in verse number 14. The Word of God reads, Why has God abandoned, abandoned us? That, that's what the children of Israel we're asking God, God, why have you left us? Why did you abandon us? They were crying out, I tell you why. It is because the Lord has seen your treachery in divorcing your wives and who have been faithful to you through the years. The companions you promised to care for and keep, you were united to your wife by the Lord in God's wise plan when you married. The two of you became one person in his sight. And what does God want? Well, what is one of the things that God desires from a marriage union? Notice this, godly children from your union. Therefore, guard your passions. Keep faith with the wife of your youth. You see, one of the reasons that God dislikes divorce is because you take two Christians, two people who love the Lord, and they get divorced, and it affects their kids. You see, can I tell you, one of the ways that uh, statistics bears out to have godly kids is when a husband and a wife are married and they love the Lord and they are a role model before their kids, it's a great chance that your kids are going to grow up 
and serve the Lord. You see, divorce does affect the kids. Focus on the Family did some research that compared children of divorced parents to children with married parents, and this is what they discovered. Not to say this happens with every kid, but, but this is just what statistics have, have bared out. Children of divorce are far, far more likely to struggle academically. They are less likely to graduate from high school. Kids whose parents are divorced are more likely to be incarcerated for committing a juvenile crime. Because the custodial parent's income drops substantially after a divorce, children in divorced homes are almost five times more likely to live in poverty than are children with married parents. Teens from divorced homes are much more likely to engage in drug and alcohol use as well as sexual intercourse. We have to consider how the divorce will affect the kids. Teens from divorced homes are at a higher risk to have behavioral problems and commit suicide. Uh, this is a very sensitive issue for me because I grew up in a home of, of divorce and my parents got divorced when I was in high school. And they had years of a, a rocky marriage and finally ended in, in divorce. And I would be fabricating if I said that my parents divorcing uh, didn't affect my life because it did. Uh, it affected me emotionally. I'll, I'll never forget the first Christmas when... Mom, my brother and sister, they moved to Rochester, New York, where one of my mom's sisters uh, live, and they still live there uh, today. And I decided to stay because I wanted to uh, play college football and thought I had an opportunity. And, and so I stayed, and I was on the college football team, and, and the Lord uh, blessed, and I was able to do that. And, and uh, it, it affected me. I'll never forget that first Christmas, just crying my eyes out, holding the pillow, and uh, just emotionally uh, just messed with me, and uh, even when I talked to my mom, I talked to her probably a week ago or so, and we talked on the phone, and, and my mom always usually ends the conversation by saying, oh, how are the kids doing, and I miss the kids, I sure wish I still lived there, I sure wish I could see the kids, and, and just got the phone this last time, just about with tears in my eyes, you know, uh, my mom wants to see the kids grow up, and it's far away, and uh, the effects of, of the divorce, and uh, it affected me mentally. Uh, just in my own mind and my own thinking. And sometimes, you know, throughout the years as, as uh, I've been living my life, there have been some, some roadblocks, some things that I didn't even realize that, that, that affected me that, that I had to get over, a hurdle I had to get over, and trusting people and dealing with, uh, with, with, with just my parents' divorce and how it affected me mentally. And, and the wonderful thing that I want to say, please hear me today. If you're a kid or a teenager, somebody whose parents have been divorced, if you're a parent here today and you've been divorced, here's what I want you to know. You don't have to be a statistic. You don't have to be a statistic. I, I thank the Lord, but I've, I've never uh, had a drink of alcohol in my life before. I've, I've never did drugs before in my life. I've, uh, I've got a college education. I graduated from, from high school. I, I've, I've never thought about committing suicide, even when you tell me my sermon's bad. Amen. I ain't dying because of you. Praise the Lord. Hope it's better next week for you. Amen. Because I'm going to be all right. <laughs> But can I tell you, can I tell you why I'm not a statistic? Because I ought to be a statistic. If you look at my life, my family, I should be a statistic today. But let me tell you the difference. The Scripture says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse number 17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Everybody say new creation. 
He's a new creation. The old has gone. The new has come. You know the thing that has affected my life more than anything? That's Jesus Christ. Can I tell you, there's nothing more powerful than the blood. I should be a statistic, but the blood. I should be an alcoholic today, but the blood. I should be abusing my wife today, but the blood. I should be strung out on drugs today, but the blood. I should be incarcerated today, but the blood of Jesus Christ. The strongest characteristic in my life is not my mom and daddy, is not my mom and daddy's divorce. It's the power and the fruit of Jesus Christ that is very evident in my life. Listen, you don't have to be a statistic. If you'll surrender your life to Christ, he'll make you a new creation. Old things can go away and all things can become new. Nothing more powerful than the blood. It can break the curse. And you can say for you, for you and your family, from here on out, we are going to serve the Lord. Number three, number three, things to consider before you say, I quit. How will divorce affect my finances? How will divorce affect my finances? Statistics say that divorce reduces the income of families with children by an average of 42%. Notice this, almost 50% of these families experience poverty. I I, I thought this was very interesting just looking at statistics. Married couples in their mid-50s amass four times the wealth of divorced individuals. In other words, the chances of you being financially stable are much greater by working through your problems and by remaining married. That's what statistics bears out. And all I'm asking you is before you consider saying I quit, have you considered how the divorce will affect you and your family and your kids financially? Number four, there's a fourth thing that we need to consider today before you say I quit. Number four is this. How will divorce affect my future? Affect my future. I I said this to you last week, and I just want to to rephrase it and repackage it today. I said to you last week, the, the reason that God says no, the reason that God says wait, the reason that God says don't do that is because he has your best interest in mind. Last week I was talking about sex outside of marriage. I was talking about living together before marriage. I said God says no. He says don't because he really does have your best interest in mind. He wants to provide for you. He wants to protect you. And it's the same thing with divorce. Listen, when God says no, when God says don't do it, he's not trying to make you miserable. He has your best interest in mind. And here's what people believe. They believe, well, if I get a divorce, it'll make my life and my future better. If I break up with my partner, my spouse, I will be a happier person with a better quality of life. And that's just not necessarily true. According to statistics, divorce seldom leads to a better life. I'm not saying it never does, but just what statistics bears out. Statistics say that both men and women suffer a decline in mental health following divorce. But researchers have found that women are more greatly affected. Some of the mental health indicators affected by divorce include depression and hostility. And and I've seen this happen as couples have divorced. And I've seen people affect their mental health decline. And they are depressed. And I've seen people are hostile. And they lash out. And they're retaliating. And and they've got this this hatred in, in, in their heart. Uh, it can really affect you, you, you mentally. 
life expectancies for divorced men and women are significantly lower than for married people. Did you realize that married people have the longest life expectancies? After a, after a diagnosis of cancer, married people are most likely to recover, while the divorced are least likely to recover, indicating that emotional trauma of divorce has a long-term impact on the physical health of our body. Listen, things to consider about your future before you say, I quit. One study found that those who were happy, those who were unhappy but stayed married were more likely to be happy five years later than those who were divorced. In other words, their future was actually better because they worked through their problems and their issues and they remained married and they were actually happier than those who got a divorce five years later. Here's the deal. Here's what I want you to understand. There's no guarantee that getting a a divorce will make your life better. Working things out could actually, could actually cause you to have a better life and a better future than throwing your marriage down the drain. Your future could actually be be better. Just things to consider before you say, I quit. The, the, The fifth one is this, before I close. Number five, how can God, this is the most important one, how can God resurrect my marriage how can god resurrect my marriage focus on the family Uh, through their research they have determined that the idea that divorces occur in terrible marriages is a myth notice that that that's what they have found through their research that that divorces people think divorces only occur in terrible marriages and that's not true a lot of divorces don't don't occur occur in terrible horrible marriages many marriages could be saved especially if divorce was not seen as a quick and easy alternative and i realize some of you today you're ready to throw in the towel you're ready to give up today ignite college 20 somethings don't don't tune me out today Many of you will get married one day, are singles, and I want you to hear this. Some of you are going through rough times. You're going through challenging times. And here's the question I want you to really think about. Think about this. Have you surrendered your marriage to God? Have you said, God, I give it to you. I believe that you can do the impossible. I believe that you can work a miracle. Today, are you still saying, God, I trust you? I trust you. Do you really believe that God can do the impossible? I do. I believe God could still work a miracle in your marriage. Here's what the Bible says, Ephesians chapter 3 and verse number 20. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. Can I tell you that God can do more than you can think or imagine, even in your marriage. He can do more than you think or even can imagine if you'll allow him to. You say, Pastor, how can God do that? The scripture says, according to the power that is working inside of you. Do you realize the kind of power you have inside of you? If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, the power that you have inside of you is the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. It's the same power that raised Lazarus from the dead. And listen, if the power that's inside of you that could, could raise Jesus from the dead, if the same power that lives inside of you could raise Lazarus from the dead, that same power could raise your dead marriage. If you just had hope, if you just believe that God can do the impossible. Today, my hope is that I would 
spark hope inside of you. The Holy Spirit will work in your heart and say, listen, you can. You can make this thing work. God can work a miracle in your marriage. Here's what I want you to understand. Here's the myth. Here's the myth. Many people believe this. Well, if I got divorced and got married to somebody else, things would be better. And here's the deal. Here's the deal. No matter who you get married to, you're going to have issues that you have to work through. No matter who you marry. I don't care how much you love the Lord. There are issues when two people get married. There are issues that you have to work through. The grass is not greener on the other side of the fence. And some of you are looking over right now. Ooh, she's pretty. Boy, I like the way he talks to me. And you're looking and you think the grass is green. Listen, the grass is not green on the other side of the fence. The grass is greener where you water it. And I'm asking you, are you watering your marriage? Come on, some of you got to start being kind to one another. You got to quit talking derogatory to one another. You have to start loving one another. Come on, some of you ain't slept in the same bed in two years. Come on, make an effort. At least this week, sleep on the couch and he sleep on the floor and y'all at least try to touch hands. You know what I mean? Come on, you're not even trying. You're not even giving God a chance. Come on. You got to make some effort. Come on, start romancing one another again. Start talking to one another again. Go on a date. Get some counseling. Start watering the marriage. You say, well, Pastor, I just don't feel like it. I don't feel like being nice. I don't feel like going on a date. I don't don't feel like talking. I, I just don't feel like it. Listen, listen, listen. It doesn't matter how you feel. You don't feel your way into acting. You act your way into feeling. So just start doing it. And if you start doing it, if you start watering it, the feelings will come along. But you'll never feel your way into acting. If you don't feel like it now, you won't feel like it tomorrow. But just start doing it. And let God work a miracle in your marriage. I'm talking to somebody right now. I'm talking to somebody. It's horrible. It's bad. I'm not minimizing your situation. It's bad. It's horrible. Matter of fact, you have biblical grounds for a divorce. You could throw in the towel right now. And here's what I'm saying. God can work a miracle. Even in your situation, there is still hope. Would you humble yourself before the Lord and let him work a miracle in your life and in your marriage? Here's what I know. He's able. He's able. Lord, thanks for your word today. Thanks for your presence. Work in this place right now.